Welcome to episode 26 of the Guns and Yoga podcast. My name is Wendy Hummel. I'm really excited about today's show, the kickoff episode for 2022. It is the second in a two-part series of an on-location interview that we did at Morgan Farms, a unique nonprofit located in Wellsville, Kansas, that supports first responders. Before we get into the show, I have a few quick announcements. I wanted to let everyone know of a free workshop I'm going to be offering a New Year's intention-setting workshop that starts with a yoga practice, followed by journaling and goal-setting for the year ahead. This is something that I have been doing for the past several years. It's been a game-changer for me as I reflect back on what the previous year has been like, both good and bad, and what I want more of in the year to come. This process is what gave me the push to start this podcast, my business, and achieve and attain my career and personal goals. This will be a pre-recorded class and available this weekend. If you'd like me to send you the video, email me at wendy at blueline or head to wendyhummel.com to sign up there. And there's just two spots left for my radical resilience program that starts on January 13th. This program was born out of my own journey to heal from a career that destroyed my immune system and my nervous system. For years, I struggled with sleep issues directly related to my job, living in a hypervigilant state, weight gain, low energy, and more. If you're interested in learning how to build resilience and adaptability into your physiology by optimizing the rhythm of your daily habits, want to tap into your unique purpose and potential and learn these habits in a dynamic group setting, then you may be interested in radical resilience. We talk a lot about healing trauma and overcoming adversity on this show, and this is not one-dimensional. Learning and integrating holistic habits that include nutrition, rest, mindset, easeful living, and more. Radical Resilience empowers you with the knowledge and practical tools to thrive and heal. I have a few openings for strategy sessions, so shoot me an email or head on over to the website at wendyhummel.com. Okay, so let's get back into today's episode. I got a chance to sit down and talk with Jason Kleepak and his wife, Shannon. Jason started the nonprofit after retiring from law enforcement and serving in the military. I really enjoyed my time with Jason and Shannon. Talking to them was like hanging out with a few old old friends, shooting the shit, which is really what we did. We sat on their wraparound front porch, overlooking their breathtaking 40 acre spread and talked about, well, everything. What to expect if you visit Morgan Farms, which is in a nutshell, an opportunity to slow down. The lessons we can learn from the animals about ourselves and how to interact with others, whether that be coworkers, friends, or family, communication, relationships, and the impact a law enforcement career has on families. We talk about success. We talk about failure, faith, growth, therapy, vulnerability, and compromise. We cover it all. Jason and Shannon are a special couple, awesome people in their own right. Shannon is a successful business owner and created an opportunity for Jason to retire from his 17 year law enforcement career and follow his passion. Together, they have created a place for first responders to slow down. There isn't a schedule of offerings as of yet, and they discuss the organic nature of Morgan Farms, building as they go. I felt privileged to have spent time with them and hear their story and their vision for the future. 
This conversation is rich and we cover a lot of ground. We discuss the different animals that you can expect to see, horses, mules, goats, chickens, cows, and even a mini donkey, the value of being around the animals and what we can learn from them. It's an opportunity to just get away and be still. Jason and Shannon also share the dynamics of making a relationship work, something any first responder or any couple really for that matter can benefit from hearing. How the years of Jason's law enforcement career operating in survival mode impacted their family and how they've come to a place of mutual understanding and support. This really struck a chord with me personally because so much of what they said was familiar to me in my own marriage. Morgan Farms is a place that you have to experience to really truly understand its benefit and its magic. It encourages you to let down your guard, to get to know yourself first, to help you become a better leader, spouse, mother, father, friend. It's experiential, which means that you have to do it to know it. And it's really hard to put into words. Something that comes to mind that might help explain this is a few years ago, I had an opportunity to spend some time with a horse named Carl. And yes, that is also my husband's name. It was during a time when I attended a week-long program called The Battle Within. It's a program for first responders and military that approaches trauma and healing holistically with evidence-based tools. When I learned I'd be spending the afternoon with a horse... I was excited. I thought it would be fun. I loved to ride horses growing up, and after all, the tougher part of the week was behind me, so I thought. The way the horse responded to me was really telling. It made me aware of things that I would have otherwise not really known, things hidden to me, but not to the horse Carl. Horses are so intuitive, and that day taught me that the energy that I was putting off at that time really impacted the way those around me responded to me, and the importance of self-regulation, self-acceptance, and mindfulness. By the end of my time with Carl the horse, he was leaning on me as if, as if he was embracing me and giving me a big hug. And at first, he wanted nothing to do with me. Whether you want to visit Morgan Farms by yourself, go with a group like command staff or your peer support team, Morgan Farms really has something for everyone. Sometimes people just want some peace and quiet. Some may want to go feed the animals. Some may want to work on the farm. Some may want to learn about cattle. Some may want to bring their team for leadership training. If you'd like to learn more about Morgan Farms, or if you want to contact Jason about a donation or a visit, check out their Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And please, if you find value in this episode, share it, give us a review. And if you'd like to be notified of future episodes, you can subscribe on our Podbean website or email us at wendy at blueline Okay, so I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Um, I'm here at Morgan Farms in Wellsville, Kansas. Uh, Jason Klepak and Shannon Klepak, his wife, um, they have a 40-acre spread, and you guys are in the process of starting a nonprofit. And you have a really, really wonderful um, kind of vision of what you want to do to help serve first responders, the first responder community. So. So Jason, I'm just going to start with you. Um, if you could just tell everyone that's listening a little bit about your background mm-hmm. and kind of what led you to to want to start Morgan Farms. Um, well, I, I guess start with my military career. I, I was in the Army from uh, in 96, July 96 no, to, yeah, to, <laughs> to uh, 
March of 2006, I guess it was, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a long. It seems like it was a long time ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. But um, and then I got into law enforcement in actually 2004. Um, started out a little agency down south of here, and then uh, worked my way up to the city, and finally retired from law enforcement from Lenexa in 2019. Uh, so around 17 years total law enforcement time. Um, I don't. I don't know really how we got here. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, well, if you don't know, then well, I certainly won't have the well, answer. I don't, I don't know if this was like a plan. You know what I mean? I don't ever remember saying like, oh, I want to start a nonprofit that does this type of thing. Yeah. You know, it just kind of evolved into that a little bit over time. We've always had horses. And, um, you know, we got married. We had three three horses, I think. Well, right? we didn't all, when we first met, that's how Jason and I met, <clears throat> actually was through uh, rodeo stuff. Oh, you know, cool. Jason yeah. rode bareback horses, and I kind of piddled in horse things and then through his deployments and us having kids we you know we couldn't keep horses anymore we were broke yeah <laughs> you know so then uh, I think when Lauren started to our middle daughter when she started taking lessons is kind of when we got back yeah, around yeah, that yeah. Um, and that's kind of what brought us back into that hobby I guess you'd call it you know gotcha okay mm -hmm. yeah no that's right yeah so um, you know my my family uh, has always been on the cattle side, you know, not so much horses and mules and stuff. But um, when we, we moved west of the city initially, you know, on, on a little bit of land, but we didn't have really enough enough room, you know, to do something like this. So we, we saw this place and, and were able to, to get it, you know. So we just started from the ground up and, and here we are. And I think when, when Jason, you know, he'd reached a point in his career where um, he didn't want to be in it anymore, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. I think you... You would agree with that, right? You'd reached a point where you're kind of like, yeah, that was after the first week. <laughs> <laughs> and so through through a turn of events, he came to know um, other organizations and other places that were kind of doing this work. Mm -hmm. And so that was a good introduction to like, hey, that's something I could get behind and I could get involved in. So through that experience, um, that was a good, that was his opportunity to leave law enforcement, which was God's plan, I think, all along. Um, and then from there, that was a learning experience. And that really, I think, is where this vision was born of like, what we want this to look like, what he wants this experience and vision to be. And then that's how we kind of landed here, was just um, through, I started a business and then, it, it's crazy, it, it, it's weird how you, we couldn't have planned this. Yeah. Um, and to be here today through the, the turn of events of just kind of trusting and putting one foot in front of the other, that's how we got here. Well, and one yeah. thing mm -hmm. I do want to talk a little bit more about your business and how some of the things that you've learned can help in this endeavor, but I want to back up for a minute because a lot of people who are listening, this is also geared towards family members of first responders too. Mm -hmm. And so you spent 17 years as a cop, but so did she and mm -hmm. so did your family. And it's it's really significant. I call the the spouses, the people that support first responders, the hidden heroes, because you, you know, he went to work every day mm -hmm. and you were home with your kids and, you know, it's, there's a lot of burden and worry that goes into that. Uh, because not only was I law enforcement, I was also a spouse. So, you know, I, I kind of see it from both, from both ways. So if you could just talk a little bit about how your career was um, and how it impacted you and your family and why you think something like this can be of such a service to other first responders. Want me to take that one? 
Well, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, I do want both of you to talk, yeah. so however well, you want I mean, to do it. My career was just like most most of them, you know, you start out in, in patrol and doing the everyday calls, you know, call for service, and then you, you know, as you kind of get a little tenure under your belt, you can transfer to other units, and um, so I spent my time in patrol, and then I transferred to traffic, and, um, you know, I was a motorcycle guy for 10 years, and, um, you know, worked off a bike, and then I don't know. I spent two or three years in, in uh, you know, TAC on, on a, the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got to see all kinds of stuff there. But uh, I was most of my time, well, I guess all of it was really on the street. You know, yeah. I never went to investigations or um, I was really never uh, behind the desk type of guy. You know, not that there's anything wrong with it. I just preferred to be out and be active, you know, and um, kind of taking those calls as they come. Yeah. You know, that's just, just kind of where I... Um, saw being there, you know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I, I like to be active. You know, I yeah, like no, to be it does. Out, Absolutely. out driving around. I don't think um, being in a, an office environment would suit me. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. just me personally. But so I got to be exposed to a lot of different stuff, and that's just kind of what I enjoyed. But um, I, I guess maybe having something like this would um, cause cause people to slow down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That um, what am I trying to say? Like, well, I I think one thing going so fast all the time. You know, you yeah. have to slow down. Right. Know? And for all of your career, he worked his ass off. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're allowed to say ass. Of Sorry. Course. Oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he worked all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was. So I think for a long time, his experience and the family was work, come home dinner kids a little bit here when I can you know we homeschool Mm -hmm. so the kids luckily the kids were always home but he just worked all the time Mm -hmm. and that is a stress on a family yeah you know when um we're we're trying to make ends meet you know I was working part-time here and there doing what I can but uh, he just worked constantly (laughs) so I think for for his memory of those years it was just work right well I think you have to in law enforcement I mean yeah it's not on the um, you know, top 100 list for top paying jobs, you know, in the, in the state. So in order to have a little extra, you got to work a lot, you know, and that's, that's probably, um, that's probably true for every agency out there. You know, everybody feels that way, um, around here, you know, in the Midwest, I'm sure other agencies pay fairly well, but, uh, we didn't at the time, you know, and, and I don't know how it is now, but we, you had to work a lot. You were always yeah. working off duty. You know, if the holidays were coming, you were probably to pick up every off-duty gig you could. Step you grants, know. I remember yeah. those. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> you know, even, you know, hey, you got to go write tickets. Well, it is what it is. You know, if that's right. what I got to do to get a couple extra bucks, and that's what we do. But, yeah, it was all the time. The, the word that comes to mind for me is survival. It felt like we were in survival mode as a family mm-hmm. for a very long time. Yeah, yeah you, you and, are. And then him personally also feeling that way, too. So a lot of stress. Um, well, I don't, I don't think at the time, um, and I think there's a lot of people that would agree with me on this, at the time, you know, you're working so much, you're not thinking about all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not even at the um, the forefront of your mind. You're just trying to float. I think when you know? you're in it, it's hard to know because mm-hmm. you don't know any other way. And then I think it's easier to reflect back after mm-hmm. you've been through it to look back and think, wow, we really were in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Like how... I think back on some years when my husband and I were had two kids, 
and both working law enforcement careers. Right. And I look at that now and I'm like, I could never yeah. sustain or maintain that lifestyle the way to the level that we did. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, like you said, you know, it's like you're a fish swimming in the water. You don't recognize it until you're, you're out of it. Yeah, for sure. And then um, through all that, yeah, it, it was survival mode. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's almost hard to even look back at now and, mm -hmm. and remember. Um, I, I just remember the days where it was just, uh, yeah. And so if, if he had had something like this back then mm -hmm. to where if he had a day that he could just, he happened to have a day off and he doesn't want to spend it at home, <laughs> you know, whatever, to go and just have an opportunity to, to spend time with animals or hang out with a horse or do some work. When we moved to our house in Bonner Springs, that was a big turning point for him especially because yeah. it gave us a few acres where he could just go outside and chop trees down and clean up brush and just do things with his hands. And that was a huge thing for him to be able to come home and have something to do. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people are just looking for, um, not only in law enforcement, but also their families. Like. I, I was talking to you earlier, or your husband, and I said, we, we were broke. We couldn't go on vacations. Mm -hmm. We couldn't even take our kids to the movie theater altogether <laughs> because yeah. it was too expensive. Yeah. But nor did we want to, mm -hmm. you know. You don't well, want I to, wanted uh, to. Want, well, yeah, <laughs> Speak you, for yourself. You may want to, but I, I, we don't want to go around people, you know, because what's the odds I'm going to see some knucklehead there? Yeah, you didn't want to go around yeah. people. So uh, that that's a great, that's another thing. Is it like if trying to find things that we could do as a family that he would enjoy was really hard. Oh, that's a, yeah. I'm so glad you said that because even just watching you guys just interact like that, that's really, really common with, with yeah. you know this, with cops, is that um, everybody always hears about how the families are impacted when you go out to eat mm -hmm. or you mm -hmm. go somewhere. And, and I can relate to this on a couple of different levels because I've felt like that myself. And so, I, I never even thought about this place in terms of family, but now that we're talking about that, do you guys see that, that this could be a place where families too could also possibly come at some point too? Have you ever considered that? I think possibly. I think there's a fine line mm -hmm. between um, sanctuary and petting zoo. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think, not that we don't want it to be somewhere where people can't come, sure. but I think, and I've mentioned this to him several times, like I want this to be a sanctuary for first responders, yeah. you know? So in that capacity, of course, I'd love it for, for families to be able to come out and mm -hmm. see animals and stuff, but that has to be very kind of protected. I want this environment to be protected to make sure it's kept in that sanctuary sure. mode. But yeah. At, you know, Matt Kelly and his wife were out with their, with their daughter the other day mm -hmm. and just having that time to connect. So I I would absolutely love for that to be a component of it. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. I mean, how it happens, I don't know. You know, I don't know what that looks like. But, um, you know, one of the things we were talking about earlier was having a place back here. You know, I don't know yeah. how big the place is but or how big it's going to be. But for people to come and hang out, you know, overnight, just them and their spouse. So, I mean, it's going to happen the way it the way it looks when it happens, I don't know, you know, but she's right. I mean, there is some big picture things that we'll have to think about uh, from a liability standpoint, you know, right. it's, um, can we bring our kids with us? Absolutely. However, you know, we can't baby, you'll have to be parents, even though mm -hmm. you're here, you know, um, you'll have to take no care. Swimming in the yeah. lake. I mean, I, I would, I don't want to see your kid go flying through the air because he got kicked or something. You right. know? And then you look at me and say, Hey, you got to watch your kiddos, you know, and that's, that's, that's the way it goes, you know, but eventually, yes, I'm sure it'll probably evolve into that. If, if it's not, um, 
a reoccurring thing. Maybe it's a special event thing or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's what's exciting about the time we're in right now is there's so many opportunities of what could be mm-hmm. that we um, we don't know. You know, there's so many possibilities. And as we're walking around and we're looking at all the different things that could happen here, there's a lot of opportunity in ways um, that this place could serve people that we're just excited to see what what comes of it. Well, so now for people who obviously people are only going to be listening to this conversation, they're not going to be able to see what I can see right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you could, because we went on a little bit of a tour a couple of hours ago, there was about 20 people here. It's a beautiful day. I can't believe it's December and it's like 70 degrees, which is like unheard of. It's crazy. Yeah, you just killed a wasp. I yes. did. I just killed a wasp. <laughs> did just, she saved me and she killed a wasp. 70 degrees. Yeah. Uh, but just looking out here, so if you could just kind of back up and tell us about all the animals that you have here and all the different things that, that go on at Morgan Farms, because there's so much. Um, yeah, we have all different types of manure here. Uh, <laughs> yes, you <I> do. <laughs> we got, uh, uh, we have 11... I'm trying to look and think, babe. Don't turn my head. Down. I'm trying to think. We got 11 uh, cows. What most people call cows. There, there's. I explained that earlier. But we got five steers that won't be here for very long. They'll mm-hmm. be off to the market. Uh, then we got another um, five heifers that'll stay, and they're either Dexter or Angus Cross. And then we have one Angus steer. Uh, so 11 bovine, if you want to say that. Okay. Uh, total. <laughs> Um, then we have three horses uh, and three mules. Uh, we have a mini donkey that transplanted with us when we moved. And then uh, Cotton, who's our uh, white pygmy goat. Uh, we've had, He's five now, right? I think he's five. Who's yeah. the one that knocked me over on my butt earlier? Uh, I didn't know well, that she, happened. I missed well, that. Darn did it. you <laughs> sign the waiver? I, I did not. Oh, my so, God. See? You're this, in trouble, yeah. Jason. No, it was it was like a love tap. Hey, now this is a good... It was probably <laughs> Starla. Was it That's the mini donkey? Starla. Yes. Is your husband here? He is. This is why we don't do spouse events <laughs> like we were just talking about. See what happens? <laughs> no, that's Starla. Starla and Cottonball are like the mascots. Okay. And they are friendly puppy dogs. And they're actually a really good part of this place because they're... they're um, easy to approach mm-hmm. they're not intimidating or anything so you can kind of start out but starla likes to rub and that's probably you know she oh, just wanted to yeah, yeah she just wanted to like scratch her head no i i squatted down like you would do with like a dog yeah. and she was like coming up and nuzzling me and oh. then she she i think she got jealous because i turned to the other one and she just was like hey and i'm like whoa okay yeah. and she knocked me back Put another quarter <laughs> in it yeah uh, so yeah, that's that's all we have right now. Um, oh, we got and chick- that's all that will be here yeah, for a we got, while. We there. got some chickens. So, but that's that's about it. Um, you know, at times it's it can be a lot to manage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, depending on what time of year it is and how it goes. You know. Um, we want to make sure that we have enough to where you know we're 15 minutes from Hillsdale Lake. That's got what 50 miles of, 40, of trails yeah, about and 45 miles of trails. Oh, so wow. we're we have the tough job of exploring all those trails to kind of figure out where we want to take people and stuff. Mm-hmm. But to have enough animals that are sound and and um, good natured to where we could take people and go do those things is kind of where we're at. And so we're at a good place where we've got at least four solid um, hooved animals that we could take people. Mm-hmm and do stuff with and you know and that's that's more on a a one-on-one basis you know that wouldn't be like a hey this is a group event we're all going out um because it's not it's not a royal gorge trail ride you know right um you could blindfold yourself and that 
mule or horse or whatever you want, and he's never going to leave the trail. That's not what we want. You know, that's not what we have here. Um, we're going to bring you here. We're going to teach you the basics. We're going to let you get pretty good at, at knowing how to ride, how to turn, how to stop, all that good stuff before we ever go there. And that would be like a, a more advanced riding opportunity for people. Um, but I imagine people would want to do that. That That's what I would want to do, mm-hmm. you know. And then also, uh, once we have the other three pastures fenced, uh, we'll do rotational grazing with the cattle that we have. Uh, and it's always fun to work cattle off horseback. Uh, if you've never done it, it's quite the ordeal. I have never done that. Uh, even, even, I mean, and we're not even talking about throwing ropes off of, of horses. I mean, all of our horses you can throw ropes off of, and they have worked cattle. Um, but that's the easy part, is getting the people confident enough to do that and knowing where where and what to do when you tie on to, a, just like last Sunday. Uh, we had to go work some cows and catch some cows for a buddy. What are you going to do when you have 1,000 pounds tied to you and your horse? You know, a lot of people don't think about that. Uh, how is your horse turned? How is he, you know, facing that cow? And uh, what happens if the cow goes the opposite direction of your horse? Mm-hmm. you got to think about those things, you know. Uh, if not, a bad crash can happen. So we want to be able to get to the point where people are confident enough that we have to move cattle from one pasture to another, uh, and people want to do that. We can't. We can do that. And do you know what happens when, when you ask somebody to – go groom this animal, go, you know, clean these stalls, go move these cows, whatever. That's all they're thinking about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the ultimate goal of it is just to provide opportunities. And and there's all these little pockets of places where people can go sit in a hammock over there or they can do this or that and completely check out of whatever else is kind of going on in their mind. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate that people can't really see what we're seeing right now because it's it's beautiful. I mean, really, just being out here, even just driving out here, you feel different when you start yeah. to get here and you see the open space and you see the animals. And I really wish the mules would get more noisy like they were before <laughs> because to get the full effect. But but it really is. I mean, I mean, it's kind of magical, really, mm-hmm. to come out here, and it's it's so awesome that you guys are so willing to open up your home and your you know your property to first responders sure and i know jason you've explained this to me before when we've talked another time about what kind of value like in working with the horses what that can do for leaders of organizations and law enforcement and for peer support teams because i know that's that's something that could be down the road for for what you guys are going to do out here well i mean it's it's like what you would do in a group setting. You know, you talk about the different um, leadership aspects um, that are required when working with, uh, whether it be horses, mules, even with, I mean, cattle, I guess, if you wanted to look into it. But specifically with equine stuff, um, you know, they're, they're always looking at that leadership role, you know, through a herd mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, who's, who's running the show? Just like out here. Um, the smallest horse out here, Pecan, uh, the little buckskin mare that we have, she runs the show, and she probably is 900 pounds. But then you have Thunder, who's 1,500 pounds, and he runs from her. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, well, we won't get into that. But uh, <laughs> hey, I wasn't gonna say anything. Yeah. you can just speak that. You can talk about that later. Yeah, we. But the point is, is the they're all looking for leadership all the time you know so um even this this little young mule out here he is separated right now um because he has been herd bound most of his life Mm. so he needs to learn 
it's okay to be by himself. So uh, when I go out there and spend time with him every day, he's looking at me for a leadership role. So over time, that that relationship builds, the the uh, the trust factor will build, and, and eventually he'll be a usable part to the program. You know, but uh, that takes time. So uh, you can relate that. You know, from a command staff point of view. Um, to leadership, you know, you have to, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I have to spend time with that mule to figure out uh, what makes him tick, you know. Um, just oh, like yeah. just like commanders have to spend time with their people, you know, to figure out uh, maybe what officer would be good for what job, you know, if they don't do that. What I like to see is I, I told Jason I would love our, our 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 like slogan out here is just we do cowboy shit, uh-huh. you know like just I like it just real, honest. We get dirty. We mm-hmm. you know, and I think so much of and this is any anything in the world is there's so much fluff. There's so much bull. There's so much people trying to prove a point. You know mm-hmm. that if we can remove some of those things and allow somebody to just. Um, allow or encourage them to like, no, let that go. You can't BS a horse mm-hmm. and you have to know who you are to be able to be a leader mm-hmm. for them. Like you can't flash a badge <laughs> to them. They don't care. How, how do you think that the horses can kind of instill or teach people that kind of thing? Like what you're explaining, how, how does that work? Like what does that look like when you've That's seen tough that? to explain. You have to experience it. But I maybe know. you can maybe you can uh, I don't I mean Well you and I understand it's hard, but the best you can yeah, for people I mean, that don't you know, know. I mean you have to you have to look at the the body language of the horse and be able to understand, you know, a certain aspect of how that animal is trying to uh, communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, sometimes the well, it's going to be different depending on what animal you're like with the horse. Um, but, you know, when he pins his ears, you, you better pay attention. You know, uh, horse means business. But uh, like thunder, when, when his ears go back, it doesn't necessarily mean he's agitated or angry. Um, you know, he's kind of seeking affection. You know, like, um, you know, I want to come closer to you. That's kind of him. Um, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing dogs do. You know, when they walk up to you, they kind of cower down a little bit. I don't want to use the word cower because it's not it's not a fearful thing. It's just kind of like a, um, hey, can he, we be friends type of deal. He's you know? reading so, the person. Yeah, so you really there. have to look at the body language of that horse and what he's trying to teach you and tell you. Um, Would it be fair to say, like, if you've got somebody out here that might be working with the horse, that it might make them more aware of how they're coming off to the people that, Mm-hmm. are working around them or that work for them so that that could influence maybe the way that they interact with those people? Would that be an accurate way to yeah. it kind of explain that? Yeah, It is, but it, it's even more accurate when um, you have a group of people mm-hmm. who know each other, right? Um, how do I want to say this here? So if you, if, if you know a person that's in your group that is pretty... Um, straightforward or heavy-handed or mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to use the word aggressive but um, we don't know any of those kinds of yeah people I'm trying to think of a polite <laughs> way to say this. Um, you can say it however you want yeah honestly. That, that's Go more ahead. Um, 
the asshole of the group is what you're kind of yeah, trying to say. I don't yeah. want to say that because not all the time, but they're very direct. Sure. They're very um, rigid, you mm-hmm. know, in their in their demeanor. Um, you know, like if you put them in with a stallion, um, might not be too bad, you know, because your stallions are kind of like that. They're very direct. They're very straight to the point. What do you want? Okay, move on, you know. But if you put them in with, you know, this this mule that's walking up here now, Thunder, um, you know, he's more calm you know he's more just kind of i'm here what's going on you know just kind of laid back um that person is going to really piss that mule off Mm. they're pushy you know and and he's not gonna take too kindly of that you know but um i kind of rabbit trailed there but what that's going to do is let everybody else in that group go does that make sense they're gonna like man that's so apparent it's very revealing. Like leadership styles are very yeah, apparent like when you put them in there. And I remember when Alicia was out here one day and you said, hey, go catch Coda. Or it was pecan, I think. Go catch pecan. So me and her go out there with a halter and a couple treats. And um, pecan did not want to come in, you know. So we took two very different approaches. Like she was trying to, I'm going to get real quiet and I'm going to let her come to me. She was taking a very quiet approach to it. But I know pecan. And so I went in and I took a little bit more assertive, mm-hmm. like, no, you're not, you come in on my time, you know? So there was a learning opportunity there between, I know that horse, so I know the energy I need. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing over there. <laughs> it's almost feeding time, maybe. Yep. But just that, just catching a horse reveals yeah. a lot about a person. So there was something very timid in her where she, her confidence maybe wasn't quite there yet to be able to just walk up and throw a rope around it. And when she pulled back, no, hold on, you're coming with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she saw me do that. And so now she's grown more confident in those things. So, and even with the chickens, she's scared to death of chickens. Jason made her hold a chicken. Mm-hmm. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It just, it really... You know, when you're working with horses and and even more so with mules, you know, it really, um, it's not a one-time event. Does that make sense? Like, you can't, like, um, uh, with the exception of, like, a a big trail riding outfit, you know, the horses are just dead broke and they're 80 years old and they're just, they're done. You know what I mean? They're so smoked. But you can't just expect to go out and I'm going to spend five minutes with this horse and it's going to be like this phenomenal movie scene where me and this horse are flying through the air and we're just got this connection and this this great big bond that's just oh my gosh it's so birth shattering no the most time people meet some horse for the first time they're like that horse is a turd i don't like that horse right Mm -hmm. you don't know the horse the horse doesn't know you he's never seen you before you smell weird you know everything is new to that horse so i don't know it's really just going to depend on the situation uh and people are going to have to they're just going to have to come back more than once, you know what I mean, to, to spend time with this animal. And uh, we have the, the luxury of, you know, we're out with every day, right. you know what I mean. Uh, the mules, even the horses, we can call them by name and they'll come in, you know, but we're here every day. You know, we feed them all the time so they know us. But uh, I guess what I'm trying to get at is just because you tried it once and you're like, no, nah, it's not for me, you know, well... You know, the first time you met your spouse probably wasn't for you either. You know what I mean? Oh, it was for me. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, speak me. for yourself. Right. I <laughs> saw, we met at Guitars and Cadillacs in Olathe, and he was standing, and you had me from the minute Situation I saw dictates. You. Okay. I mean, I'm everybody's gonna, different. I'm yeah. going to have to agree with her. That's how it was yeah. for me, too. I kind of knew. Well, well, with horses, <laughs> it's probably not going to be that way. Okay? Yeah, but when we found... Unless you got food, then maybe it will. We, 
when we were looking for a place to move to, we knew the direction we wanted to go. And we really feel like God, this place was on the market for quite a while mm. and it looked terrible online, but he insisted that we come see it and it was amazing. So if we feel like God really laid a hand over this property for us. And when we walk around and all the work that he's done to the different parts of it, there's so much opportunity everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if we can just start with having one person out at a time to just come spend a day with Jason and that's all we do right now, great. You know, well, yeah, and as it, it grows from there, you know, obviously with classes, there's just an endless opportunity. But what you said earlier about like, it's not a one and done deal. It has mm -hmm. to be an ongoing invitation. And that's what we hope people get that feeling here. Like, yeah, yes, I don't want people to think that um, we're a, a fix it. You know, uh, I went out there and I'm fixed. No, that's that's not the point. That's that you missed the boat totally. You know what I mean? So I guess we're more of just an outlet. You know what yeah. I mean? So we're, we're just a, a place here that if you need to uh, kind of escape for a little while or, or get away for the day, yeah, come see us. But, you know, by no means you, you coming here and, and touching one of these animals is that magical thing going to happen. You know, you're like, oh, my God, I'm so, I feel so much better. Well, that just... <laughs> I don't even know if that's possible to happen, but I don't want to get people on the wrong the wrong mindset of well, what I what what might be helpful is like for people that are listening, especially commanders or leaders of organizations, what would you say to them as far as you know what would be beneficial for their organization for them to come out here either on a one on one basis or even you mentioned like a group and I'm thinking in my mind, we've talked about this before, but like a peer support team um, or any other kind of team. I mean, really like a SWAT team too, a close group of people that work together. Um, how could that, how could that benefit well, I mean, that, I, that group of people? Yeah, I, I would say just overall, um, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, Morgan Farms specifically, but you just take advantage of the resources that you have around you. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of people, they they start off with good intentions. You know, we, we have, uh, uh, just like I was talking to that one fire chief, uh, a deal called 42s, you know, it sounds like they're, they're starting to take advantage of that, uh, which is great. Um, but he's, in the grand scheme of things, he's probably one of the few, you know, uh, I know a lot of commanders have those resources available to them and their intentions are really really good you know about helping their people use those but mm -hmm. something happens something. all the time it's like a funnel you know when that little tornado thing happens in the funnel mm -hmm. and, and you get sucked in the middle of it if we could kind of put a finger in there and stop that frenzy for a day it brings a lot of clarity and calm to be able to kind of look at things from a different perspective um so I think between the opportunities that Jason gives people with interacting with the animals, with just kind of talking to him about his experience and what he's mm -hmm. been through, it's it's kind of like putting a pause button on all those things. Um, and whether it's individual or group, there's a certain level of calmness and clarity that comes from it um, that really can't be explained. It's just a, it's a better understanding of yourself and those around you. Right. No, and that makes perfect sense because sometimes you just have to kind of do it. Mm-hmm experientially yeah. you've got to do it to really fully grasp mm -hmm. the the power of it I guess yeah. for lack of a better way of saying it yeah. and I think a lot of first responders think stuff like this can be really woo-woo I'm sure you get that all the time uh -huh. with yoga. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> we don't want all the, the woo-woo stuff yeah. this so isn't yeah. you know uh, right Jason's <laughs> not about the woo-woo things are there those things that happen yeah. yeah absolutely and once you're here 
and and you're doing stuff with your hands and you're getting mm-hmm. dirty and sweaty and stuff yeah um you, it makes sense you know but i think it's the approach that comes from much more of a um let's go out and do this thing it gives you a job uh you ask jason or any other first response well hopefully more are learning to like meditate they'll say no god no don't let me get in my head like this this is if i have anything to do with it they will (laughs) right i know right but but coming at somebody and saying hey go sit here and experience nature for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. that's just getting in your head but if we can go out here and fix fence for 20 minutes that's another way of getting out of your head exactly it gives you something to do though right you know well, and one thing that really strikes me about like seeing the two of you interact and hearing you talk and just talking about your vision is that this is um, a team effort, obviously. I mean, yeah, Jason, you're the first responder. It works out really good. She makes the money, I spend it. It's really awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm kind of getting to that. <laughs> I mean, you said it, but but so it didn't know really, though. You guys are really seem like you're an awesome team. And um, lots and lots of work on that. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> but so how has some of what, because you, you know, you briefly mentioned that you have some business experience, you have your own business. How has that kind of meshed and helped kind of with what you're doing with Morgan Farms? I can't explain. The last three years of our life has been just kind of wild. You know, mm-hmm. we had gotten to a point where I was getting up at the gym. I was getting up to go to the gym at 3 a.m. to train some clients, come home at 10, homeschool the kids, take a nap, go to bed, do it again the next day. Mm. I was exhausted. He was done with work. So I had to, I, ha- I was like searching for solutions. So seeing other personal trainers that had gone online, I'm like, you know what, let's do it. I hired a business coach. And then like, that's the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one post that went viral and then that's what grew my business. Mm-hmm. And then I think having that little cushion gave him the the freedom to be like, you know what, maybe I can do something different. How many cops do you talk to that are like, nope, I got to finish it till retirement? I was just talking to Matt and Dan about that. Mm-hmm. We, when I say we, like all first responders, I think it's changing. I think we pigeonhole ourselves mm-hmm. to, a, to a fault because, and I was guilty of this too until I realized there was light after law enforcement and there were other things but you're right because we think we have to be in this for 30 35 years we have to like get our pension and our you know our drop and our deferred comp or whatever each agency has and they don't recognize the value of the skills that they have developed during their career and how that can and you and I've talked about that before so and there's other ways to invest in retirement (laughs) than what your city provides yes well I think I think the trick bag that a lot of um you know, law, not only say law enforcement in general, but first responders get into is, um, you know, I have to do 25 years and I can retire. Right. Perfect. And they're dead set on retiring, right? 25 years, I'm out. Um, they're like, if I can just get a little more, mm-hmm. you know, what's mm-hmm. another year, 26? Before you know it, that's 31 years later down the road, you know, yeah. 31 total years of service. And they're like, well, no, I just, I'm, I don't want to do anything. You know what I mean? I'm so burnt out. I'm so, um, stuck in this job you know or that's all i know so they go work in the courthouse until the day they die that's Mm -hmm. that's not everybody everybody's different but i I think that's that's one thing you know that we get stuck in is just a little more you know just a little more but before you know it, that just a little more turned into another 10 years yeah you know which really took 20 years off your life you know so it was it was really hard for jason to leave I don't know, was it hard for you to leave law enforcement? <laughs> but an opportunity no. arose. No. It wasn't hard. No, I just turned in my stuff and walked out. Yeah, he, he was kind of done. So he, he just like my husband, yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah. So I love he, the job, you know, the, certain aspects of the job, not every aspect of the job. 
Um, but he took he saw an opportunity, yeah. and he seized it. Yeah. You know, and then as my business started to grow, um, we were able to look at things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. The roles have completely reversed. You know, and that's been a learning experience for us. <laughs> I was just telling somebody earlier today, he's out doing his stuff, and he'll come in and be like, "Babe, what can I help you know you I with?" I do a lot of dishes. I and I'm like, "You can clean the house." You're a good man. That, yeah. I mean, I could think better if you clean it. <laughs> and so then I look at myself, I'm like, "Oh, now I understand." When he got home from a long shift, <laughs> and the house was a mess. Mm-hmm. So we've learned. That's been a learning experience, mm-hmm. big time. But I think we understand each other a lot better mm-hmm. now. Um, but for me, it feels really good to be able to be like, you know what? I got it. You go go do this mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's, it's definitely been a... Yep. <laughs> well, so to be able to, to to be able to to I don't want to say give that because people look at me and they're like Shannon, you you got so successful so fast, and I'm be like, no, you don't understand. Like it took me 20 years to get here. Mm-hmm. He was the one breaking his back that whole time to allow me to go through the experience of homeschooling kids, of getting up at three o'clock to to train clients at the gym, to interact with people, and to see people's pain through their fitness journey you know you learn a lot about a person in a personal training session um so he gave that to me and for for us to be able to to be in this the way we are now we don't talk about it which is why it's probably coming up but we know Mm -hmm. we know that god had a plan for us all along i truly believe that every minute jason spent in law enforcement was on purpose to bring him where he is today to Mm -hmm. be able to do this Way back in the day, when he was in church with his mom, and they danced with ribbons, it was very Pentecostal. <laughs> it was, he was prophesied to be a pastor, oh. you know. And I'm like, you know what? I really think this is God's fulfillment of that for mm-hmm. him. Um, that's a whole other topic of cops and church. I don't know if I'm a pastor though. I don't no, know. <laughs> no, but but you definitely are able to speak life into people in a very kind of gifted way. Well, you do have a very. I'm going to say this. Like, you do have a very calming energy like I'm not trying to be too woo-woo but I think when people are around you I don't know I just I I feel I feel calmer when I'm around you that's why his voice gets really quiet when we're trying to talk and I'm telling him hey speak up (laughs) hey we're outside there's not a lot of noise here noise travels you know goes pretty far but I think we make a really good team because in with what I do now from I'm I'm talking all the time on Facebook lives I'm I'm out there I'll talk all day to you and he'll be out there working (laughs) And doing stuff. So if I can come out here and explain and put words to it, and he can go out there and put feet to it, that makes a really good team. Yo, and that's kind of, I guess that's what I was trying to, ca- to capture. Because yeah. you guys just seeing you together, um, you can just kind of sense that. And, you know, emotion coming up. I mean, I think, I mean, I think that just even proves more that you guys are in the right place at the right time. And I think it's so awesome that you're able to support each other and the way that you've done throughout your career and just throughout your marriage. And, you know, you said something um, that just, I just want to make sure people get, you know, that people said you just got so successful so fast or something like that. So many times people have no idea how hard, how people struggle and they make these conclusions about people based off of not really knowing anything or, you have no idea. Right. 
Yeah. And this, you know, this this was my most successful year, and I've made, I just made an Instagram post today about this. I've made the most mistakes uh, and misjudgments this year. Mm-hmm. I've invested a lot of money in coaches that I learned a lot from and that I learned that they're wrong, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So um, it's just this... It's, it's a big learning opportunity and it's taken, we did not used to communicate this well. Mm-hmm. You know, it took a lot of intention. Somebody earlier mentioned this being a 100-100 thing and a marriage, mm-hmm. and it really is. You know, we both have to be willing to learn um, how each other tick. For the longest time, uh, the only way we could communicate, and you, you probably remember this, and we still revert to it sometimes, is through text message. Mm. Because when he was working constantly, that's the only way we could communicate was through text I had the kids with me he was at work and so we learned but that became unhealthy because then when we're together we don't know how to talk so it's taken a lot of work and effort and we've had a lot of close friends um, divorce many I mean almost all of them and to see that happening too so when you mentioned family Mm -hmm. God, if we could provide a, a time where they could come out and hang out and just have fun mm-hmm. for a day, you know, you have no idea what that means. So when we, when he left law enforcement and we were given more opportunities where I could go out to his work and hang out and, and do stuff, yeah. that was a big healing um, process for us. And now we spend every single day together and I'm like, will you go hang out with your mule buddy for a day, please? You know, just go for a minute. No, but it's been a, it's been a really cool uh, growth experience, I think, for both of us. Well, and I appreciate you guys talking about your relationship because one of the things that, um, I don't know, when I, when I talk to new recruits mm-hmm. is because, like, you guys, I mean, I've been married to somebody for quite a while, and we've had our relationship up and downs, and communication wasn't always so great. And I think it's so important. We don't. We just. We don't teach people enough things. And one of the things that these recruits need to know, these people that are just starting these careers, is you need to figure out a way to communicate with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not going to be the same for everybody, but you need to not keep it to yourself. Yeah. Whatever your communication style is, whatever it is, if you have a bad shift and you need some space and you need time, let them know that up front. They may not be that person that's going to hear everything, but but let them know ahead of time because it can really reap a lot of benefits down the road. So I think I appreciate you guys talking about that because I know it's not easy, um, but you're right. I know so many people who are no longer married and, and I don't know that it's just law enforcement. I used to think that cops got divorced yeah. more frequently, but I think it's, I really don't think it's that much different than the rest of the, the population. Yeah. So. And you know, there was a time where it got to a point where I'm like this, this, we gotta fix something. We need to go to therapy and he didn't want to. So I did. Mm-hmm. I went and saw Mrs. Well, you needed it. Miss I mean, Jenny Prohaska. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I love her. Yeah. So I, I back I when Jenny had time <laughs> to, I I went and talked to her and I learned a lot about that. And then we went through some communication courses, courses and I learned that you know what he needs bullet points. I need Shannon go do this thing and I'll I'll take it. Right. Um. So now when we get on a Facebook Live together, I say, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um. Here's the questions, and then I just run with it. So, but that takes vulnerability. Yeah. Like knowing that I'm not perfect, I don't have it all figured out, and maybe I need to consider his needs or the way that he needs to be given information, or you know, it's just 
it can be really exciting if you allow it to be because mm -hmm. it's like a constant just like I talk to people all the time the discovery of who you are as a person never ends you know figuring out how you tick and how to make really good great habits for your life that never ends yeah. we're always learning about it. it's the same thing with the marriage so if you're always you know invested in learning about each other and spending mm -hmm. time and being willing to like talk you don't know this but we fought this morning <laughs> We, my before you guys got here and you know what we did he went and did his thing i went and did my thing yeah she's making dinner so it's i made dinner last night so you're but but we've just figured we figured it here's, out here's, here's the caveat to that, right so i am an information person i like information right you're so, a, you were a cop yeah I mean, yeah she's fly by the seat of your pants let's just go we'll figure it out later mm -hmm. well, no, we gotta figure it out now right so i think yes understanding how your significant other, spouse, whatever you want to call it, um, how they how they handle information is, mm -hmm. is key. Yeah. You know, and giving that to them in a way that they can understand it is, is good. However, um, I think you also can't be so stuck in your ways. You know what I mean? Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Like to, to be like, okay, yeah, let's just go with it. Let's just see how it goes. You know what I mean? You have to put yourself out there a little bit and try to get out of your own uh, mold, if you would say. Well, you, you know have to I mean? be able to compromise, too, right. obviously. And if you're yeah. not willing to do that, then it's probably not going to go so well. You know what I mean? I think he's referring to our argument this morning. No, no, no. So let's no, change no. the subject. No. I, wasn't, I wasn't referring that, to that at all now that you bring it up. But I'm just saying. Well, now tell us what you're yeah. arguing about. No. So, I'm kidding. So since I am a, a detail-oriented person, I like a lot of information, there's going to be times where I'm just going to have to settle for with what I got. You know, and if, I'm going to have to sit down and look at numbers. Yeah, if, if all she, you know, she says or uh, whatever the case may be is, hey, we're supposed to be there at 5 o'clock. Okay, we're gonna, that's all the information I got. You know, and, and at times you're just going to have to be okay with that. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, that's all Anyways, I'm to say. we could go all all day long about this stuff. But I think what's cool about this conversation we just had is that like we've had so many of these conversations with people out here on the porch, mm -hmm. and um, and that's all it needs to be. Right. Is just yeah. come hang out. Let's have some pizza. Let's sit in the pool. You know. Let's go hang out and yeah. And another and thing, talk. going back to something you said earlier, not to keep your dragging this on, but everybody wants to label something. You know, um, we do horse therapy or we do. Uh, equine assisted pole vaulting or you know I don't know everybody wants to label something you know so um, I don't I don't want that does that make sense it, it does like, you don't you don't you can't you can't uh, I don't know you can't you can't label just kind of relaxing you know like what do you do I don't know what do you want to do it's Does not necessarily sense? like a cognitive thing. You have to embody it. You have to right. feel it and do it to kind of know. Right. Well, and I think it goes back to there's a saying where it's like um, people may not remember what you tell them, but they'll remember the way you make them made them feel. You know, Maya Angelou, I think, is yeah. the one who said that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And so if that's all we do is, is somebody leaves here and they feel different, they yeah. feel something maybe they haven't felt in a long time. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. No, that that makes perfect sense. So I really appreciate you guys taken some time to, to talk to me about this place. It's wonderful. Is there is there any last thing that you want anyone to know about this place or anything that we haven't talked about that that you want anybody to know who might be listening? No. Okay. I think 
I think we're embarking on a new uh, adventure, and we're really excited to see um, what comes of it. And, I mean, we're not in a rush. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people ask us, what do you guys do? What are your plans? What's the menu of offerings? We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we have people come out. They hang out. We do stuff. Uh, we talk to them. And we're excited to see kind of what, what the future brings, mm-hmm. not what we think, what anybody or any what we should be doing, but just what, I don't know. The, it's just the, organic. You're yeah, letting exactly. it happen. Exactly. Just whatever yeah. happens, yeah. happens. And, you know, I mean, as long as we're safe about it and all that good stuff. But, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to have, like, a set, oh, yeah, at, at this time we're doing this and that. Right. I guess there will be, if we have a clinic or something like that, that's a little different. But just on a day-to-day basis when somebody comes out, uh, just like somebody texts me earlier, hey, can I come out next Wednesday? Sure, what do you want to do? I don't know. You ever done this? No? Okay, we'll take it easy. We'll do slow. A few weeks ago, we took somebody yeah. to a cattle auction Yeah. Uh, in town. They wanted to learn you know? about cattle. I said, well, let's go learn. You know, uh, never been there before. Never. I had, but he had never, he didn't even know, you know, all the scales and numbers and everything. He had no idea. Hmm. And before we left, he's on his, uh, he was on his phone trying to figure out how that guy in front of us just spent 90-some thousand dollars on cattle. And like, where could he get ninety yeah. some thousand dollars <laughs> right. just not on cow? Overalls on <laughs> yeah. and knee deep in cow crap. You know how in the world did he just spend ninety thousand dollars? Yeah. And then we had the bonfire out here, where that little area between the ponds, I had it all lit up with oh, lights, wow. and I called it our little enchanted forest. And so people would come up here, and we'd eat chili, and then they went back there. We had a guy playing uh, his guitar, you know, and it was just just mm. a good time sitting around a fire. Very little light pollution. You can see the stars. It's quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, so awesome. just just opportunities like that. Mm-hmm. So if people want to support Morgan Farms, because you're a nonprofit or just about to be a nonprofit, how can people find you? Um, how can they support you? You've got cool T-shirts. You've got one on. Um, tell yeah. us all the ways. Uh, he's on Instagram, Morgan Farms underscore, and then on Facebook, Morgan Farms, Facebook.com backslash not backsplash backslash <laughs> morgan farms kc <laughs> uh and then we'll we'll give you his his email and cell number and i'm working on a website but we're just kind of old school right now gotcha. so right now we're just telling people hey email jason set up a time mm-hmm. um and we had these shirts made in a hurry we probably have like 20 left <laughs> so mm-hmm. but yeah that that's the thing that that's all we have right now Okay. And um, so people following and just sharing some of his stuff. We try to get on, on Instagram and his stories and give, even through social media, to give people like a little glimpse into what a day here might mm-hmm. be. That might be just a little escape or a video of Skip falling asleep. Um, well, I or, love watching you know, the videos that you post on Facebook. Like even just last night I was showing my daughter because she's like, well, where are you going tomorrow? She's like, I don't understand. You're not going to work, but yet. And so I said, well, I'm going to this place. And she's like, can I come? I'm like, no, (laughs) you got to go to school. So I think it's great that you do that. Yeah. So I feel like I was going to have something else to say, but that's just how I always feel. (laughs) So maybe I don't. Well, maybe we should give you a minute so you can remember. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's all we've got. We just appreciate you coming out here. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think, I think things like this are, we've had several females come out It's and, and spend time. It's harder for guys to be like, hey, can I come out? Really? So I hope, mm. I hope that's something that comes from this is that somebody will hear that's this normal. and, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's a normal thing. You know, it's just, we're, we're more of a, uh, I'm good, you know. Yeah. Um, so if somebody doesn't necessarily, 
if somebody doesn't want to say, hey, I'm, I need some help, I'm struggling right now, all they have to say is, hey, do you need any help out there at the farm today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all that needs to be said. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, I don't want to say we always need help, but we can always find something to do. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot to do here. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. We got, I mean, this looks like a lot of work to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, we got there's about, horses that need brushed. Yeah, and we got 30 acres to fence. I mean, we, we will find something to do. Yeah. yeah. So for anybody listening who doesn't want to say they need to come out here because they need help or they're struggling, they could just come volunteer their time to work on the farm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate absolutely. it. Thanks. You bet. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you find value, please share it, give us a review, and if you'd like to be notified of future episodes, you can subscribe on our Podbean website or email us at wendy at bluelineyoga.com. I'd love to hear from you with questions, suggestions for future guests, or topics that you'd like to hear about. And remember, if you're interested in the New Year's Intention Setting Workshop that starts with a yoga practice, followed by journaling and goal setting, Email me at wendy at bluelineyoga.com or head to the wendyhummel.com website to sign up. And then we'll send you the pre-recorded video this weekend. And again, there's just two spots left for my pilot program, Radical Resilience. And we start on January 13th. This program, again, was born out of my own journey to heal from a career that destroyed my immunity and my nervous system. For years, I struggled with sleep issues directly related to my job, living in a hypervigilant state, weight gain, low energy, and more. If you're interested in learning how to build resilience and adaptability into your physiology by optimizing the rhythm of your daily habits, you want to learn these habits in a dynamic group setting, then you might be interested in my program. We talk a lot about healing and trauma and adversity on this show. And this is not one dimensional. Learning and integrating holistic habits that include nutrition, rest, mindset, easeful living, and more. Radical Resilience empowers you with the knowledge and practical tools to thrive and to heal. So email me at wendy at bluelineyoga.com. We would love to hear from you.